Hey kids, this is me, Ice Your Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to talk about the Eras Tour concert movie. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Of course, we're going to talk about clones, but until we get there, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat! OKIC Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Hey guys, this is me. What a, what a weird and wacky week that it has been. Ever since we found out the existence of clones through uh, Pooptronics home cloning machine, man, things have been uh things have been wild. We have um, closed circuit TV cameras all around the station, you know, just just in case. After after all these issues with like space pirates and things like that, we felt that it was best to go ahead and get, like, some kind of just, you know, surveillance system in effect. We also, we have, like, sonic weapons and things like that, just, just in case, you know, there have been, like, food cube zombies out there, there have been space pirates, and now there are clones out there, but at any rate, we've been checking out the, uh, CCTV, uh, setups, like, as frequently as possible, Ed monitors them pretty much, pretty much during all the working hours here at the studio, and then, you know, I'm here at night, and I'll kind of, I'll kind of go by and take a look just to see what's going on, and I swear to you, I have seen people out there that I know are not, like, the actual person out there. I have seen, I've seen, like, five Gino Vegas walking around. I saw a couple of them, like, at the gates, testing the gates. I saw a couple of, uh, me, me from, like, eight years ago out there pulling on the fence, doing all kinds of stuff. I could tell it was me from, like, eight years ago because I was wearing a, um, I was wearing a sweatshirt that I no longer have. It uh, it was this Thundercat sweatshirt that I I used to love this sweatshirt, but I lost it like years ago. I remember I went to the gym, I put it into the cubicle, and they they uh, when I went back, somebody took it. I guess I say they, I mean whoever whoever it was that took it. It was no longer it was no longer in the uh, the cube. But the the clone of me, I'm assuming it's a clone, was wearing the sweatshirt. It was also wearing this Boston Red Sox hat that I got. I found that to dig years ago and I just I don't know I wore it because I just I needed a hat I needed a hat at the time so he's out there wearing this Red Sox hat and this uh this Thundercats hoodie it's all it's all very weird like I don't even I don't even know it was it was like an old-timey Red Sox hat I'm by no means a Red Sox fan I cannot stand the Red Sox I can't stand the Red Sox can't stand the Yankees I can't stand anyone in the uh, American League East. I hate them all. Hate them all. Also, the American League Central. I hate them. Hate most of the teams in the AL West, too, except for except for the A's. And I'm starting to I'm starting to hate them as well. But I I had this old-timey Red Sox hat. It was from, like, the era of, like, back when Babe Ruth, the great Bambino, was on the team. But the, the version of me had that hat on. Very, very strange. I also, I also think I saw an engineer nerd out there. Now, it might not be an actual engineer nerd clone. It might be the actual engineer nerd. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe it's just somebody who looks like him because I've only ever seen him on like his Facebook page. You can, uh, you can find engineer nerd at engineer nerd on the tweets. He's out there hanging and banging, doing whatever. And apparently he's been cloned and he's around my fence. But this could have just been somebody else. I don't, I don't even know. Could have just been uh, somebody with a goatee and a flat hat. I I know not, but this is, uh, this is all very scary. It's all very uncomfortable. I feel like, I feel like that at any time something could happen. I, 
I don't have any direct threats from Pooptronics, but these guys, these guys have attacked us before, dude. They've done things before that were very shady, so I would not be surprised that this was some Star Wars Attack of the Clones type stuff pretty, pretty soon. If you, if you for some reason sent a sample of your saliva into Pooptronics for uh, testing for the Perspirometer, which was, this was a very questionable product in the first place. It was like some kind of a machine that would test your future sweating potential. I don't even know why that is anything anyone would care about. You sweat a lot or you don't. If you do, wear an extra layer of clothes, you know, wear like a sweatshirt, wear a uh, whatever so people don't see your armpits. It's not not the biggest deal in the world and they invented this whole machine just to just to measure it. It's all all very weird, all very questionable, and it all led to them using the saliva samples for clones. So if you if you sent your saliva sample into them, which I highly recommended you not do. If you recall I ran the ad, I had to, I had no choice, they would sue me, they would own the studio, they would own the show, they would own everything if I didn't do it, but I had to. So I had to do it, but I did advise against sending in the saliva sample. If you guys sent it in, I feel like this is on you, it's on you, you were so curious about how much you were going to sweat in the future. If you really wanted to know your future perspiration potential, don't you think that you could just go ahead and like work out a lot and see how much, uh, what I would do, this is what I would do. I would go ahead and get some, like, you know, inexpensive sweats, and I would wear a top and a bottom, and I would weigh the top and the bottom ahead of time, and then I would work out furiously for an hour, and then I would weigh it again after, and I would see how much the, uh, you know, there's a differential in the weight, and I would figure out how much I perspire, then I would get other people to do the same thing, and we could figure out, like, an average, and you could discover whether you do it a lot or you do it a little. I don't know. It's all... All neither here nor there, but I advise you guys watch out for clones, dude. There might be clones out there. That's probably I know for a fact there's still food cube zombies out there. I know for a fact that the space pirates are up there somewhere right now flying around. And they are a threat to us as much as they were the first day they appeared. I'm sure AB Silver's out there. I'm sure Johnny Five is out there. We just haven't heard from a while. I'm sure it's all I'm getting a little paranoid. I gotta I gotta say this. I feel like I feel like I'm in Omega Man. You know, I'm Heston in Omega Man, trapped with like zombies all around. But of course I do got Derek and I do got Ed, so it's not like I'm alone. But nevertheless, nevertheless, anything can happen at any time. We're gonna we're gonna move forward. Uh protect your neck. There's only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that is right. That is me, Icy Robots, the guy who sold Kaldor that acid that that nitwit dropped upon his face and melted away the skin, leaving a disgusting yellow skeleton that we now know as Skelator. I I love Motus. That means Masters of the Universe. I'm reaching away from the microphone and I apologize. Very unprofessional radio etiquette, but still, I am back. I I got a uh, He-Man, a He-Man figure on the online. I got this guy on the world's biggest marketplace, a place known as eBay. He was he was very inexpensive. Only cost I believe eleven ninety nine ship. Sometimes, sometimes if you look around, you know, and you sort things by like lowest price, whatever, you can find some buy it now bargains from people who don't necessarily want to keep the things that they have. The guy that I have in my hands that cost me a mere eleven ninety nine shipped is. 
the Masterverse version New Eternia, Manny Faces. Manny Faces is the dude who has like, he has kind of like a cylindrical head and you can turn it and he has different faces that you can, you can put in place of his, uh, his main face. He's supposed to be like a master of disguise. I found out that this guy is actually one of the good guys, actually, factually, a baby face. I was always certain that Manny Faces was a heel. I don't know, honestly, a lot about like the He-Man Eternia mini comics lore. I wasn't very good at keeping things like that. I'd have them for a while, they would get read, I'd read them in the bathtub, you know, and they would eventually get tossed. So I didn't, I didn't have like a lot of the, a lot of background in the actual factual Eternian lore. What I got, I got from the cartoons, and I really, I really only honestly like paid like half attention to the He-Man cartoon because it wasn't really great. I was really into the uh, G.I. Joe, you know, the Sunbow G.I. Joe and whatever, and then He-Man was fine, it was cool, it was fun or whatever, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the highest quality of all the shows out there. The writing was kind of bad, a lot of the, a lot of the characters are kind of what you would now call cringe. I'm looking at you, Orko, I'm looking at you, Cringer, and all those guys, but the, the figures, the figures really did like, they really appealed to me. I don't, I don't believe that I have many faces. I might, I, if I do have him, he's a back row guy. He's like somewhere in the, in the back row. He's not a, he's not a fronter. He's not, he's not a he-man himself or whatever. I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't have him, and if I do have him, he is one of the, uh, one of the wobbly leggers that go, go back there. The he-man figures from back in the day from Mattel, they, they have, their legs are held together by like a rubber band, like an O-ring, like a G.I. Joe O-ring or whatever, and they get loose, they get really loose, and the guy's legs, they go all akimbo. They don't, uh, they can't stand up very, very well, and I think that, I think he's back there in that not, um, not standing up very well row. But this one, this one is very deluxe. I like him a lot. I've not yet opened him. The packaging is open. You can see right here. It is open. It came to me in an envelope and it was like, it was brutalized. It was smashed. But when you, when you get something this cheaply and you intend to open it, you can't really complain when it gets to you smashed. It is what it is. But uh, let's take a quick break and find out a little bit of the background behind Manny Faces. That'll be fun. We'll all know more, we'll learn some more, and then we'll come back and we'll bust them open and we'll see what it looks like. Manny Faces is a fictional character in the Masters of the Universe franchise. He is a member of the Heroic Warriors, notable by his distinctive appearance, with his large blue metal head on which his faces appear in its screen-like opening. His ability is to change his face from his regular human face to that of a robot and a monster. And the purposes for which he uses his faces have varied throughout different media. Initially conceived as an actor cursed with a split personality, in the two cartoon series he uses his faces for the purpose of playing different roles as well as additional powers. The character's name is a play on many faces. Oh, I guess our guy was kind of, it's like a Zartan situation. If you don't know, when G.I. Joe first released the character Zartan on the card, they said that he was like a paranoid schizophrenic or something. And then, rightfully so, rightfully so, groups of uh, people with different with different mental ailments came forward to Hasbro. And they're like, you know what, we don't think that's cool that you have this bad guy with like mental issues as one of, one of his big factors. So they, they changed it. So they changed it and they made him a ninja. I guess is what 
what happened. So Mandy Faces would like that too. Our guy was an actor who had some kind of mental issues. And they went ahead and they wrote that out of the comic. I'm just going to go ahead and pull him out. He's right, uh, it's right there in there. It's open. It's totally busted open. It's cool though. On the back it says, When Castle Grayskull shattered New Eternia, the mind of an adventurer shattered with it. Now known as Manny Faces, his curse forces him into the faces of many beings from human to monster. They, they did kind of get back there onto that. He, uh, his mind was shattered. Very, very sad for that guy. I have a, I have a lot of sympathy for people out there who suffer from various ailments. You know, it's like a very, very hard road to hoe when you're, when you're, uh, like, a little upset. But at any rate, let's, let's bust him open. We're gonna, we're gonna cut these from the back. He has little ties. I want to keep this as quickly as possible because I don't want to be crinkling up, uh, wherever it is that you guys listen to this glorious show, be it on the glorious FM band or on a Bluetooth speaker in your car when you are driving to work or in your earphones i think earphones are the best way to listen to the show shout out to ferg who's right now baking bread listening to this horrible prank well i'm just gonna go ahead and yank him right off the show we're just gonna go and do it it's like a band-aid you just gotta pull the band-aid off sometimes our guy comes with a laser a laser zapper and then here is his little faces thing. We're going to take that out there. And then he has two backup hands that I'm going to leave on the card because I would undoubtedly drop them under the desk. Shout out to Preston. Shout out to Preston, the pinball king. Let's, um, let's take a look. Let's take a look at this figure. Can we turn his head very easily? Oh, yeah. He has this face here. And then you can take a look at this face here. A scary monster face. And then he has another face. But he also... He also comes with this cool attaché case with, like, additional faces. Let's see. how we, I don't, do, they, do they not come off? Oh, they do come off. They're snapped on there very well. And you could use these. Let's, uh, let's see. How do you do it? This is, um, how do we put these cool faces on? I know not. Um, hmm. Your boy is befuddled, and I don't want to drop him. But he has this little suitcase full of faces three little faces in there that's really really neat one of them is like a superhero kind of face and then one is like a blue face and the other one is a skull does his helmet oh that's it his helmet comes off i pulled his helmet off and the three faces that are on there his normal face his monster face and his robot face you can change them with the skull face the blue face or the other face that is actually very, very cool. I got to give a big thumbs up to Mattel for that one. These, um, these Masterverse ones, the big ones, these are really great. I don't know if I mentioned that. This is a Masterverse figure, not a retro Motu. He's a bit, a bit taller, more like in, with a, he's more in line with a Star Wars Black or a uh, Hasbro Marvel Legend, that kind of that kind of figure. Very, very cool. A WWE elite. Those elites are pretty neat. Dr. Jones, my beloved dog, Dr. Jones, just walked in the room. She's such a delight. Small little poodle dog. Very nice, very sweet. We we let her hair get kind of poofy during the winter, like she poofs up, you know, to protect her from the cold. And then we cut it down when when it starts to get warm. And we kind of, we kind of been letting her poof, but it's still a bit warm. It's a little warm today. In, in California here, if you're listening in Santa Rosa, you know, it kind of, it kind of stays warm in through October into early November. And then it kind of, kind of chills out and starts to rain. Right now we're, 
we're having this, like, the heat is still grabbing a hold. It won't go. It won't go away. Last week, I was wearing sweatshirts. Today, I'm back in, back in t-shirts. It is, is what it is. Weather is, uh, outside of our control, for the most part, I think. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. But, any rate, let's, um, let's take a look. Let's put his zip zap into his hand. This is just like the zip zap he has in the normal figure, except it's a little, little more detailed, a little bigger, a little more fun. I'm going to go ahead and give this figure a very high rating. This thing with, with the helmet that comes off with the additional faces is very neat. Let's just go ahead and put one of, one of these faces on. We'll take off the, the standard Manny Faces face. We're going to pull this one off. We'll put it here, and then we're going to give him the blue guy face. Because this is this is what I would consider kind of a standard Eternian face. He's blue, and he looks kind of friendly. Now he's on there, and that is just... That is honestly a very, very nice effect. If they would have been able to do something like this with Zartan, who we talked about earlier. Remember, Zartan is also a master of disguise, and he came with a little briefcase with one face that you could put on there. If they could figure out some way to give him like this many faces and a really sweet briefcase... We'd be talking big time money there for you, Hasbro. Consider doing that. But um, we're gonna we're gonna bounce out of here. This is a really good figure. If you see this one on clearance, a lot of these early series Masterverse figures are now on the clearance tip. So look out for them because they're all really, really, really fun. High ratings from your guy, Icy Robots. We are going to go ahead and move into At The Movies. I saw the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert film, and I'm going to talk about it in length. I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about the about Taylor Swift in general. We're going to move forward with that after, uh, well, I guess right now. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? together and that adventure is going to span 17 years of music. How does that sound? I don't know where exactly to get started on this one. Taylor Swift is so culturally significant right now. She is like, she is like the most popular, bestest person on the face of the earth at this present moment. She's, she's just so interesting to me. I've recently fallen down this kind of a Swifty rabbit hole. It started when, it started when my wife got, my lovely wife, my lady, the love of my life. She got the uh, Midnight, Taylor's latest record for Christmas. And we started listening to it, and I was like, you know, this is, uh, this is really good. Like, this is very good music all around. Good lyrics, good, uh, just everything. It's all, it's all so exciting to me. And then I kind of, I kind of followed from there, and I just, I, I got deeper and deeper into the whole, the whole Taylor Swift mythology. And I found myself becoming, becoming really, like, into her music in a lot of ways. It... It's exciting because she's doing what a lot of people try in life to do and completely fail to do. And that is to put out something that becomes popular, but is just meaningful. You want to put things out there that people like, 
but that they also find meaning in. And she does succeed in that very, very well. She has this, she has this kind of conversational style with her lyrics and with her songwriting. And when you, when you listen to enough of it, you really start to feel like you know her. Like, and that, that's what you want to do as an artist. Like me doing what I'm doing right now. The reason I'm doing this is because I want to reach you. I want to reach out to people. I want to talk to people. I want to have a positive effect on their life. I want to do something meaningful. And she does this every time out. It's just, it's so interesting. I feel that she is making history, like right now as we speak. She's peaking so hard. She's peaking so hard at this moment. It's bigger than anything I've seen in my life. You could say Madonna. You could say Michael Jackson. Of course, I wasn't around for the Beatles or anything like that. But in my lifetime, this is the highest I've ever seen somebody soar. She is all over the place. I turn on the TV, she's on ESPN. I turn on the TV, she's on Entertainment Tonight. Then she's in a movie commercial. And then she's just like, she's everywhere. It's just, it's amazing right now. And I I wanted to see her concert film really bad when I first... When I first heard it was going to be coming out on the big screen, I was excited because I did want to go to the Eras tour and I wasn't able to get tickets. By the time I I really um, began my deep dive into uh, Taylor Swift, the concert tickets were already like $800 million. You got to jump in and right from the jump and blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to go see this movie. I wanted to see this concert. I've watched a couple of her concerts on the online. She has a tour video for, I think... Lover, and for 1989, and also Reputation, and I watched Reputations, and I watched part of 1989, and I was like, wow, she really can put on a show, so I was, I was pretty excited to go see this, and then when I heard say that she wanted people in the movie to act as if they were watching the live concert. She wanted people to sing. She wanted people to dance. She wanted people to do whatever it is that you would do in person. I'm like, you know, I do kind of want to see this. I just want to see as a moviegoer, as somebody who goes to the movies two, sometimes three times a week, I wanted to see what this would be like. So we booked tickets at the biggest screen in all of Sonoma County. It's in Rohnert Park. It's not an IMAX. It's called a Giant XC, I think, or an XL, something like that. It's the next step below an IMAX. Honestly, I think if you're going to go, like, one step below the IMAX, why not just go the all the way and get the get the IMAX? But maybe, maybe they were straining financially to go this high and they just couldn't go any higher. I don't know. I have no idea. But it was playing at the Reading Cinemas in Rohnert Park, which is a theater I like. They have a really vibrant atmosphere. They have video games in the lobby, like a lot of video games, like maybe 10 or 15 different games in the lobby. It's really vibrant. It's exciting to be there. They play movie soundtracks, like, the whole time you're in there. So, like, you're hearing, like, Harry Potter music or Star Wars music when you're in the bathroom. It is, it's a fun place. I enjoy it. So, we decided to book it there on the biggest screen possible. And we thought, well, let's go Saturday night. That should be a good night. It should be full of people because I just wanted to be part of something. Something exciting is happening. Something interesting is happening. And your dude wanted to partake in the in the popular culture. In the past, in the past, especially in my early days, I was really hesitant to take part in popular culture. Like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I'm not doing this. If you're doing this... I'm doing the opposite, but in my in my aged years, I discovered that life is more fun and life is more pleasant if you go with the flow instead of going against the flow. So now, I watch a little bit of the Super Bowl, I do a little bit of this, and I do a little bit of that, and if there's going to be 
like a big time movie. Did you hear that? Dr. Jones just left the room. You heard her come in. You heard her leave. She got sick of hearing me yap. Let me let me blast one out there for uh, Dr. Jones. Activate. Dr. Jones, get back here. Disintegrated. Anyhow, I decided to go with the flow. So we went there. I keep this here handy. I keep this on stun. Just in case, man, some clones come in here. I can stun them. I can get them the old zip, zap, zip. Take care of that really quick. Anyhow... We decided to go. I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to have fun. I thought it would be cool. And when we got there, there were like little Swifties all over the lobby. They were like everywhere. There were tons of little kids, tons of like grown ladies wearing like really sassy clothes, really fun clothes. It was cool, man. I had a good time. A little girl came up to me and said, do you want to trade friendship bracelets? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I don't have any. And she's like, well, now you do. And she gave me a couple to start with. So I got a couple little friendship bracelets from a sweet little girl. It was. Overall, the lobby experience was absolutely fantastic. People are just vibing all over the place. You can see everybody like in their, their uh, Taylor Swift gear. It was cool. It's exciting. It was fun. Then when we went into the movie, things started off pretty well. People were in there. I could tell they were vibing. They were having a good time. All of the trailers that they played for the movie were somehow Swift-related. They played a commercial with, uh, what's his name, Travis Kelsey. Then they played a commercial for some other thing with, like, is it Capital One? I know not. Whichever credit card company or bank she's working with right now. They played that commercial. Then they played a couple commercials with, like, Taylor Swift music in them. The whole thing was all Swifted out. Then the movie started. The movie started, and she comes out, and the first song she does is Cruel Summer, which is one of my favorite songs of her. Really great song. It's, it's about, about to be, be the number, number one song, one song in, uh, on Spotify, Spotify right now, if I, if I recall correctly. This is off Lover, and Lover was the first of the eras that she started with. This is how it was going to be. She was going to do 10 different eras of her 12, 11 records. She was going to do 10 eras, each one with like a stage change, each one with a costume change. She did like three, four, five songs from each era. It was really, really cool. She had multiple costume changes. Every time she came out, brand new costume, brand new set. The set was like the biggest thing I've ever seen. It, uh... It was just an enormous stage. It was enormous, and it had, like, special effects in the stage. At one point during the during the Reputation era, Reputation's my favorite of her records. It's my favorite era. And she's, like, running around and stomping on the stage. And every time she puts her foot down, there's a lightning bolt hits the stage. Boom, lightning bolt. Boom, lightning bolt. She goes all the way around like a clock. Boom, boom, boom. All the way around, then she hits it. The whole thing explodes with lightning. It was great. It was cool. They had these these risers. Like, she would hit a part of the stage, and then they would, like, rise her up. It would come out, and they'd bring her, like, it looked like 15 feet in the air. And she's up there playing and singing, and people are going crazy. And it was really, really cool. The sound system in that arena is awesome. I could not tell where the sounds were coming from. It was just crazy. They were all around my body. And then, after a few songs, I guess... People kind of warmed up, like people got excited, and they started dancing. People next to us, like standing in their seats, like dancing and singing. There were kids in the front doing cartwheels. They were doing cartwheels, and Shake It Off came on. They're cartwheeling around in front of the screen. I've never seen people doing cartwheels in a movie. People are singing. People are dancing. It was super duper fun. It was really fun. I'm not even kidding. It felt like, well, I'm not going to say it felt like I was at SoFi Stadium. That's where they taped the 
tapes a show at. But it was like, it was pretty cool, man. I had a really good time. I think whether you're like a fan or not, I think that this is, I think that this is a culturally significant film, especially right now. It's very, very important. And I think that, I think that when it's all said and done, Swift is going to go down as one of the best of all time. And I think that right now, we're in the middle of music history. I think this is music history, and it's cool to be able to witness it firsthand while it takes place. And I think that I think that this movie is a big part of it. I think that it's um really nice. It's just nice to have something like this to go and to see people have fun. It was all together. An awesome experience. The movie itself, I gotta say, probably the greatest concert film of all time. It was really amazing. This girl has so many bangers, dude. She has so many bangers on each record. And it turned out, I know way more songs than I thought I did. I thought I knew a lot, but I feel like I know quite a bit. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I feel good. I feel good about it. I got a, I got a tumbler. They had like a tumbler and a popcorn bucket set. I got those. I had to get them. I gotta get a souvenir, dude. And I got... Now I got my Swift tumbler that I that I drink my Kool-Aid out of every night. And man, I'm happy. I'm happy about it. I thought this whole thing was a really, really cool and overall exciting experience. Man, she um she can really put on a show. I realize she's been doing this since she was like 11 years old. But dude, she is a very, very, very talented show person. She was around, running, jumping, doing all the music, doing acoustic sets. It was fantastic. Fantastic. I loved it. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned source ma- on the good old-fashioned source magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm gonna go ahead and give Taylor Swift's The Era Tour an all-time classic five mics! Why is it world Charge it. Is this like an attempt at irony or something? I don't get it. Charge it. This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. This week I have a special commentary. Last week Pooptronics introduced a new home cloning machine, and I for one feel like this is science run amok. I believe that making unauthorized clones of people and using them as slave labor is wrong. Like, totally wrong. I for one stand with the clones and hope that someday they can be free to live their short lives as they wish. That's where I wish that they were never created. Either one is fine with me. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball saying, say no to clones. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Up next, another piece of At The Movies because ISR forgot there was a Martin Scorsese movie coming out this week. of the Wolf of Wall Street and based on a true American story. Please send help. There's murder in this town. There's $25,000 laying there. I was sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. What's he found out? Nothing. Well, you seem nervous. I got no nerve. You think someone's gonna hurt you? You think I'm gonna hurt you? Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, man, I absolutely 100% forgot that uh, Killers of the Flower Moon was coming out this um this show cycle. I kind of I kind of work it to where like I plan ahead about what I'm going to talk about on the show, and I kind of plan out the time, set it aside, do a little whatever, and I 
I spent a lot of time thinking about the Eras Tour movie and doing all that stuff, and then I'm just like, oh my god, did you even know that there is going to be a Martin Scorsese coming out this week? I thought it was coming out a little bit later, but in fact, it is now. I am an enormous fan of Martin Scorsese. I think that anybody who goes to the movies with any regularity, anybody who is alive, honestly, is like a big fan of Martin Scorsese. He's our dude. He did The Wolf of Wall Street. He did The Departed. He did Taxi Driver. He did Raging Bull. He did any number of classic films. Dude is, dude is absolutely the best. He might be the best film director of all the times in space. His his movies have this real uh, rewatchability about them. There's just like there's something there's something about them that makes them very very easy to watch. And I I have to say that Killers of the Flower Moon is an absolutely great movie. It's absolutely great. It's honestly super well directed, well written, well everything. But it is not easy to watch. the The subject matter of this film is abhorrent. I think that. I think that the stories involved with this are horrible. I think they're terrible. And I, I do appreciate Mr. Scorsese for bringing these to my attention. I I did not know a lot about this. Now I feel like I know a lot more. And I, I gotta say, it is some terrible stuff. We saw this one over at the Summerfield Cinema on uh, across the street from Howard Park. It is my favorite theater of all the local theaters. They hand out these... Uh, these little flyers with some info about the movie. Let's let's read what they have to say. I find that they have a very nice, succinct way of explaining what you're what you're gonna see. Killers of the Flower Moon, rated R, two hundred and six minutes. Yeah, it's like three hours and thirty minutes. It's super long. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Jesse Plemons. Directed by Scorsese. Genre: crime and drama. Based on Dave Grant's broadly lauded best-selling Killers of the Flower Moon, is set in nineteen. 1920s Oklahoma and depicts the serial murder of members of the oil-wealthy Osage Nation, a string of brutal crimes that came to be known as the Reign of Terror. This was a very dark period in American times. These native folks were given land, and it turns out that the land was oil-rich. So what happens? A bunch of uh, a bunch of people come in, they marry the women, and then they kill them. They marry them, they kill them for the oil rights. I don't feel like this is a spoiler because this is a piece of history. It's in a well-publicized book. It's all out there if you wanted to know. I don't feel like it gives away anything of the story, but man, it is it is a very, very dark tale. I cannot recommend this movie highly enough, but I know that if you go see it, you're going to be in for a dark time. It was Definitely time well spent, but it's not like The Wolf of Wall Street. It's not like Goodfellas. It's not like one of these movies that you can throw on and have a good time watching. Definitely not that. Even though over time, it might be that. There is, there's a lot of great acting. There's a lot of great everything. The movie is just outstandingly written. It's uh, well acted. There is some attempts at dark humor. I'm not going to lie. I did laugh at a few of a few of the quips that were here and there, but uh, it feels dirty. You feel dirty laughing at them, but uh, man, this was... This was a good one. Also, this should be noted. I was over at Reddit looking at some of the comments. I like to go do that. I go to Reddit movies and like I like to see what people say about movies after I watch them. And the first the first comment was uh well, this was the highest voted comment and I thought that it uh was very true to the experience. It was written by a Kim Jong Bundy. Nice name, by the way. 
I personally thought it was a really bold cinematic choice to have the movie's most dramatic moment scored by Taylor Swift faintly playing in the background. The theater next to us was playing the Eras tour, and the Killers of the Flower Moon is a sometimes quiet movie, and during the quiet moments, you can hear Taylor singing through the through the walls. As a huge fan, it didn't bother me that much, but I can understand that, man, this might not be something that uh, people want, and I... I understand that the Eras Tour is only playing on the weekend. I think actually it's going to be the last weekend. I think, if I recall correctly, that Eras Tour is only playing for three, maybe four weeks. And by the time you hear this, I think it should be over. So you should be in the clear to go see this without any, without any background interference. Or you can go see it during the week. We saw it on Saturday night over at Summerfield. If you go during the week, the Eras Tour is only playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You should be in the clear to hear it without a Taylor singing through the wall or maybe go see it with Taylor singing and you'll enjoy that as well but uh to me it brought a little brought a little levity to this very very dark film but I do think that this one is going to go down in history as one of the more highly regarded Martin Scorsese movies you can really tell that this was a story that resonated with him it uh just it just feels like an important Scorsese movie like he's not taking anything lightly he's not taking anything anything short man though it was very dark and I know I keep saying that but the thing is when you go see a new Scorsese movie when you see one for the first time there's always the chance that you're gonna go see a movie that's gonna be with you for all of your days I remember when we went to see The Departed and we walked out and we're like man that was an awesome awesome movie and I watch this one all the time on the cable when I see Departed I watch it when I see Goodfellas I watch it when I see Casino I watch it. When I see so many of these movies, I watch it. And when you go, you don't know if this is going to be like a new thing entering into your life in a major way. And while I do feel like this one is going to be in your life, I don't know how much of the rewatchability is there just because of just because of the dark subject matter. But the acting by DiCaprio, great. Lily Gladstone, great. She's the female lead in this movie. I would not be surprised to see her get an Oscar nomination. I would not be surprised to get this entire movie gets an Oscar nomination De Niro. De Niro's the big bad in this movie and man he tears it up. His performance is fantastic. He is so bad. He is so evil. DiCaprio is so good. Then Plemons comes in. Plemons is great. Plemons is one of the best actors of this generation. Dude is absolutely out of sight. Everything he's in he becomes it. In this he plays the FBI agent who comes to investigate the murders and man he is really great. He has a big cowboy hat. He's like strutting around. Everybody in this has a big cowboy hat. It's kind of a big cowboy hat movie. In some ways, it kind of reminded me of like the early days of the TV show Yellowstone, where you see all these guys in cowboy hats strutting around on land that they don't really have any reason to be walking around in the first place. I myself, I support the native people. You want to give them all the land back? I'm a thousand percent for that. I I myself think it'd be a great idea. Just give it back. Give it back. There could never be justice on stolen land. To quote the great KRS-One, there can never be justice on stolen land. Remember that every day of your life. This movie was really great, though. It shines the light on uh, shines the light on something that I myself did not know a lot about. I knew a lot about the atrocities, but this one, but this one, this particular atrocity was one that slid by me. But now I know. Very, very good stuff. So with all 
that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give Killers of the Flower Moon a very solid 4.5 mics. 4.5 mics. You are listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa, simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. And now some words about the recent passing of the great Richard Roundtree. Rest in peace, good sir. I logged onto Facebook the other day and I saw that the great Richard Roundtree has passed away at the age of 81. I am a giant fan of the illustrious actor known as Richard Roundtree. I would say that the dude is most known for his uh, role as Shaft in the movie Shaft. Shaft in Africa and Shaft's big score. He was also in a million other great movies. One of one of my favorite roles of his is in the movie Earthquake, the 70s disaster movie, where he plays a motorcycle daredevil, and in it, he is wearing this black and yellow outfit, this leather black and yellow outfit with, like, stars on it, and the dude looks amazing. He looks like an absolute real-life superhero. If you have not seen that movie, go see it now, just for the fact that it's, like, in the first place, it's like a fantastic, fantastic disaster film. But in the second place, you get to see Richard Roundtree as like the real life Black Lightning. It is, it is fantastic. Our guy Roundtree was a really, really good actor. Very, very talented. He brought the, he brought the character of Shaft to life. I back in the day, back in the day, my younger bro and I heavily got into black exploitation films for a while, and this all started from Shaft. We saw Shaft one day on TBS or TNT or one of those cable channels, and we thought that it was the absolute coolest movie that we had ever seen in the entirety of our lives, and then we saw we saw the sequel, Shaft's Big Score, and I thought that was amazing too. And then in the final film of the of the original um original Shaft trilogy, our guy goes to Africa in Shaft in Africa, and he fights dudes on the Serengeti with a bow staff. It is a phenomenal film. This this to me is like this is the Star Wars trilogy of black exploitation films. It's the classics. It's the entree into the larger world of uh, black cinema. There are so many great movies in that genre. I'm not even I'm not even kidding. And to me, as far as like mainstream acceptance, it all starts with Shaft. Shaft is like he's like the James Bond of the whole black exploitation genre. Dude is the coolest. He's the black private dick that's a sex machine to all the chicks. Just one of the all-time greatest characters of all the time and I realize this isn't Richard Roundtree, but the the score, the score for Shaft, the Shaft soundtrack is just phenomenal, phenomenal work by Isaac Hayes. Me and my bro were like so heavily into this. We had the record, we got the record at the thrift store, we would play it all the time. My parents had one of those big console type uh, record players, you know, with the lid that you open up and inside there's like an 8-track player and a radio and a record player and we would play this all of the time. We thought it was so cool. Then one day we were looking at it. We were looking at the record and we saw it was recorded by Stax Records, S-T-A-X Records, which was a company run by Isaac Hayes. And we saw that uh, Stax Records had an office in Berkeley, which is not far at all from where I live here in Santa Rosa. So we drove there 
Me, my bro, my dude Devil T, and my dude Slug Nutty, we all drove down to Berkeley to hit up the hit up the Stacks office. I don't know what we thought we were gonna find. I think that we just I think that we just wanted to be on hallowed ground like that. So we went there and there there was a secretary, a lady working the desk, front office lady, and we asked her, Hey, is uh Isaac Hayes here, and she said, oh, no, you know, Mr. Hayes isn't here. He uh, usually operates out of a different office or whatever, but uh, he does come here from time to time, and I said, wow, that's that's really cool, and then she offered us a tour, a tour of the studio, so we went all around. We went all around. I saw the recording booth. I saw Isaac Hayes' office. It was really cool. Then she hit us up with some swag, some stickers and stuff like that and sent us on our way. It was really, really a cool thing, man, because she could have just like told us to get out of there but she in fact treated a bunch of uh numbskulls like super nice shout out to uh Stax Records in Berkeley shout out to Isaac Hayes but um back to Richard Roundtree I think when we when we talk about the dude it's honestly it's the legacy of the character Shaft that is really going to be what people know him for I noticed that when people were posting pictures of the great Richard Roundtree on Facebook or threads or whatever it was always pictures of him as Shaft which is fine because Shaft is an amazing character and he was amazing in in the movie the legacy of Shaft is massive in the year 2000 I think they they decided to relaunch the Shaft franchise with uh, Sam Jackson. I think that in it he was he was Shaft's nephew, or maybe he was Shaft's son. I think at first he was Shaft's son, but then I think in the later movies they changed it, that he was uh, Shaft's nephew. And I I did like this movie. I thought that it was pretty good. He's in it. Christian Bale's in it. Uh, Jeffrey Wright is in it as the as the villain Peoples Hernandez. They call him that because he looks out for his peoples. Good. Good movie overall, but I, I still feel today that the role of Shaft should have been given to, like, a young brother, like an up-and-coming dude rather than, like, a super-established star like like Sam Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I like Sam Jackson. I think that he's great. I love him. But dude's already been in Star Wars. Dude has already made his bones. Why not, like... Why not, like, try somebody new? Like, I don't know, Michael K. Williams from The Wire. Imagine a world where Michael K. Williams would have been Shaft. Imagine uh, a young John Boyega as Shaft or even, like, Idris Elba. There's so many people out there. What about, like, uh, I don't know, Cool Keith from Ultramagnetic MCs as Shaft? There are so many, so many options out there. Imagine, like, Mike Tyson. What if they just made Mike Tyson Shaft? I can't even, I can't even imagine. The mind boggles at the possibilities. But they went with the safe choice. They went with the safe choice, our guy, Sam Jackson, who is an all-time great, all-time legend, who didn't really, didn't really need the rub. I could have... I can imagine a world where somebody different is Shaft, and now Shaft is still going on in the in the theaters, and it's all great. They they eventually spun that one off into like Shaft the Third. It was like Richard Roundtree is Shaft One, Sam Jackson Shaft Two, and then they had another guy who was like the nephew or the son of Shaft Two. But his his gimmick was that he was a nerd. He was like a nerd computer guy, all that stuff. So the the new Shaft. I don't know if you heard that the. The dog has awoken. It's a cold morning here in Santa Rosa. It's like 55 degrees. The dog's been in bed under a blanket. She just woke up, came into the room, shook her collar, and walked out. This guy, he was, uh, you know, he's a nerd. It was like an all-new take on Shaft, and I can't say that I that I like them uh, taking the, the cool aspects of the character out. I guess maybe they thought, like, well, you know, this new Shaft, has, he has to hit it with the millennials, you know? He can't be like... He can't be, like, a cool, tough guy. He has to be on the gram or whatever, hacking computers. I don't know, but it sucked, and I saw it. Didn't like it. I think I gave it 2.5 mics, and it 
kind of kind of hurt the whole legacy of Shaft, kind of killed Shaft. I I also learned that Shaft was a character from a book. There was a novel called Shaft by uh, Ernest Tidyman. This was something I didn't know. I have seen the Shaft novel in, in used bookstores, but I always thought it was like a novelization of Shaft, and I I didn't pick it up. And this was before before I was like fully into collecting novelizations. They they had you know the movie poster of Shaft on the front, so I'm like, oh, this is like a movie novel. And nowadays I would definitely scoop it up if I saw it, but it is in fact a real novel based on the character of Shaft. And as I understand it, it goes a lot more in-depth into the into the character. I have right now ordered one on the online marketplace known as eBay. It's going to be here in a few days. It's like a $7 book. Not too bad. If you want to read that, you definitely can. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm saddened. I'm saddened to hear about Richard Roundtree. Very, very bad news. Not good at all. But uh, the guy led a long life, happy life, successful life. He embodied a character that many people look up to to this day. So, with all that said, I got to... Gotta pass on these sad words. Richard Roundtree, they reminisce over you. This is world's famous. If you stare at the streets, the streets stare back at you. I guess that's true, man. The more you stare into the darkness, the darkness starts to take over your insides, turning you into a dark and evil person. So we're all going to go out there. We're going to be nice. We're going to be kind this week. If we see some litter on the ground, we're going to pick it up. Try to pick up three pieces of litter every single day. We're looking for plastic things, plastic bottles, plastic wrappers, anything of that sort. An old fork, an old plastic fork, anything. Pick it up, put it in your pocket, throw it in the garbage can, recycling bin, whatever the case may be. When you get the chance, that's how we're going to go out there. We're going to make the world a nicer place. We're going to make our town a nicer place. We're going to pick up that litter and put it where it goes. I think I think we're up against it right now. I think that we're at the end of the show. I intended to do another uh, segment, but with the sad passing of Richard Ryan, Tree, I, I felt like I had to dive in there and 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 say whatever it was that needed to be said. The dude was dude was a titan, man. I don't even wanna I don't even wanna sleep. If you go look at his Wikipedia page at his IMDb, you'll see that he was in literally a million different things, and I mean that literally. There was a million different things that all have Richard Roundtree on the credits. TV shows, movies, whatever, man. Our dude was all over the place. True, true legend of the industry who will. Will definitely be missed, but I think that I think this was a fun episode. We we learned about that Taylor Swift movie, which was really great. If you get the chance, definitely go see it when it when it gets onto whatever streaming service it winds up on. Uh, give it a watch. It's definitely a career accomplishment. Then we learned about the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. That was definitely a well-made movie, very good movie, well written, well acted, classic film. I think in the in the years uh the years that come we'll find out how this one fares up against you know your goodfellas your casinos your uh departed your raging bulls your uh boxcar berthas what have you i have to admit i have not seen boxcar bertha i believe that to be scorsese's first film and if i recall correctly it's a roger corman movie and i've never i've never had the opportunity to see it i don't have it on disc i don't have it on the 
on the DVR or anything. I don't think I've ever seen it playing on the TV, but I do want to watch it. I should I should make an effort to do that. Boxcar Bertha, Martin Scorsese. I think that it is about time for us to head out of here. You can you can find us on threads at IC Robots. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash IC Robots. That's IS double E robots as if you're looking off in the distance and you see some robots coming your way. Then we got uh, icyrobots.com. There's that Halloween mix that came out, Warm Wishes for Witches. If you haven't had the chance to uh, hear that yet, definitely fun. I don't even I don't even think it has to be Halloween for you to enjoy that. I think there's a lot of fun songs in there that anybody would have fun with. The, the first 35, 40 minutes or so, it kind of starts off a little slow, I felt honestly, but I was, I was in it for the long haul, man. I knew I was going two hours, so I had to start off with some classics, you know, your Halloween themes, your, uh, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. That's honestly my favorite Ramones song of all the Ramones songs. Either that or Rock and Roll High School. One of those two is, is my favorite, but after, after like the 30 minute mark, and it's a two hour long mix, after the 30 minute mark, things start to really cook. I hit a nice, a nice vein of uh, interesting monster songs out there on the on the internet. But uh, we're going to call it a day, guys. We're going to get up out of here and listen to that. Go to the Facebook page. Check that out. So, until we meet again, this is me, Robots. If you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right. Oh, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack Now look at you, you sit and stand, bite your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness in an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack Y'all slick blow. That's right. I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. Yeah.